This episode of Locked On MLB was recorded before we found out Gavin Lux was going to miss the entire season with an injury. Whoops. Well, keep that in mind. The rest of this talk about the Dodgers still is applicable. Just we didn't know about Gavin quite yet. Hey, enjoy it anyway. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, then how could I have this lower third? That calls me Sully. I just want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Make make every moment more easy for you to say. Visit FanDuel.com/slash/LockedOn today to get started. Oh, it's spring training. Still getting warmed up. I apologize for some of my random hair this evening. Trust me. I've been trying to get it fixed, but it's spring training. Everyone's getting warmed up. Follow me at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. And please tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including let's just pick one totally at random here Locked On Dodgers. With friend of the podcast and frequent guest, although for some reason it's getting harder and harder for us to nail our schedules down, but he's here on this Wednesday show. Hey, it's Jeff Snyder, host of Locked On Dodgers. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Sully, but I got to warn you, at your age, if you start apologizing for random hairs, it's going to turn into a full-time job. Oh, pretty much, yeah. I'm just glad enough of it's still on top of my head. As I approach the big 5-1 the big five one. Who are the who are the great war number fifty one? The, the only one I can think of is Willie McGee. Who was uh, Randy Johnson and Nitro both did for the Mariners. Oh, that's right, they? that's right. Randy Johnson and Nitro. Yeah, Willie McGee was my first thought. But yeah, Randy Johnson and Nitro. So I'm at the McGee Johnson Nitro age coming up. Uh, wow. I'm still technically fifty, which is Mookie Betts, who should be a lifelong Red Sox, but uh, alas. Uh, He's with um God who got him? What team got him? <laughs> I, I can't remember. Oh, that would be it's the Dodgers. So yeah, it would be the LA Dodgers. So Jeff Snyder, um, look at as I mentioned before, you know, the and as I mentioned in the in the cold open, you know, the Dodgers had an unbelievably successful regular season last year. And when they shut All right, out the that's Padres, our show. All right. Yeah, let's, thank you, everyone. Uh by the <laughs> way, uh, uh go to FanDuel. Dot com and uh, be sure to eat your built bars. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. And uh, <laughs> and by the way, thanks so much for making us your first listen and your second listen. And have it be your third listen be Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft angles. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. This has been the Locked On MLB Locked On Dodgers crossover. And for your fourth listen, do the rest of this conversation. All right. 
And that's it. You are locked. No, no, we're not doing that again. <laughs> oh. oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Um, look, at, we're, we're not here to rehash. We're not here to remind everyone of the goose that laid the golden egg that was sent the pot. I mean, it was just so weird because the Dodgers just beat up the Padres all year. They won that game one. I'm like, going, all right, this is going to be, this might be a sweep. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it, it we was are. that weird, their, their slump with runners in scoring position. Like, I mean, they went 0 for 20 at that stretch. If they had gone even four for 20 with runners in scoring position, they would yeah. have swept the series. You know, yeah. it, it was, it was just, it was just weird. And, you know, it's uh credit to the Padres, blah, 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 whatever I'm supposed yeah. to say. Yeah, the Dodgers were the better team. They should have won the series, and and I'm not happy about it. But it's been months, and so yeah, let's not rehash too much. I'm not gonna rehash too much, but I will say that you know they they've had a couple of years where they've lost to clearly inferior teams on paper, whether it's been Washington or Atlanta or San Diego. I said that three straight years they've lost the teams with sub ninety wins or three straight, not counting, not counting obviously the COVID not year, not counting the, the one when they won the World Series. They won yeah. all, yes, yes, yes. And yeah. I and I am not of the mindset that I don't. There's something that doesn't really count. It was a weird yeah, championship, they, I grant you, but it was the way the championship was won, and they had to beat four teams along the way. So yes, yeah, only yes, team that's ever won thirteen games in one postseason. So uh, right. We'll focus Same on way. that. But yeah, the, the last three times they've been eliminated from the postseason, right. it was by teams that they definitely should have beat. Yeah. And the two teams before that were teams that were cheating. <laughs> the, the 2017 yeah. Astros and Astros fans, hear me say this again, the 2018 Red Sox. No one ever mentions them. I mention them at least once a week. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and uh. you know, in some ways, that's the weirdest legacy about this is that one of those years they should have won. Yeah. If they did, there'd, yeah, be none, there'd be nothing hanging over this team. You know, I had an Astros fan in our YouTube comments on our podcast the other day saying, it's, get over it, sour grapes. You, the reason you lost is because Co- of Cody Bellinger. And I told the dude, look, because uh, Bellinger was terrible in that World Series. Yes, but was. I told him, I don't think we cheated and your best player played, ter- played terribly and it still took us seven games to win the series is quite the flex you think it is, buddy. Like, yeah, you know, th- the fact is the Astros cheated and the Dodgers still almost won the series. You know, yeah. the, there, there were two extra inning games. The Astros, two of the four wins for the Astros came in extra innings. Like it was this close to the Dodgers winning that series, even though the Astros were cheating. So yeah, but it's, uh, but yeah, that, that's definitely not something I want to rehash either. Okay, but there's another weird thing that's happening right now um, that's affecting the L.A. Dodgers. And I have to say this because every fan base seems to think I hate them. It's weird. Uh, yes, my my dear departed father was a rabid San Francisco Giant fan, and I rooted for the Giants in the postseason, and I, and I make no bones about that. I also have zero ill will towards the L.A. Dodgers. In fact, seeing that I live right down the street from Dodger Stadium, it behooves me to want to have the Dodgers do well. I wanted to do, the Dodgers do so well last fall because 
the more the Dodgers win, the more I can talk about the Dodgers and baseball amongst people who would who don't care if Philadelphia is playing Houston in the World Series. So it behooves me to see the Dodgers do well just for my own personal sanity. Okay, I got to get that out of the way because anytime I say anything remotely negative about anything, they say, well, it's because it's clear you hate the Marlins or whatever. Um, they've had a weird off season, And... Their, their little cousins down the five, not the Angels, but the Padres, have been doing what people have expected the Dodgers to be doing, which is gobbling up big free agents and everything like that. And the Dodgers offseason has been oddly quiet. And it's not been totally, you know, it's not been totally uh, uh, dormant. The, the Dodgers seem to want to get all the 2018 Red Sox, just like the Red Sox want to get all the 2018 Dodgers. That's really weird. But what there seem to be a lot of holes on a team that's 110 wins or whatever they won last year and should be the, the consensus pick to win the National League. They've had a little bit of a quiet offseason. Care to talk about, comment, or yeah. complain? yeah. I'm not going to complain, actually, um, because this offseason was crazy. It was a, a free agent spending spree by a lot of the league. And and honestly, people, for as much as people talk about the Dodgers spending all this money, the Dodgers almost never signed the biggest free agent. That's you, true. you look at you know, over the years, uh, I mean, Freddie Freeman last year was at least was one of the one. biggest free that agents. That was a big one. That was a big uh, one. But but they waited till he came down to their price. You know, they didn't go out and break the bank on Freddie Freeman. They got Freeman because because the Braves, you know, wouldn't pay him what he wanted. Uh, right. And he came down to their price, basically. And, and by the way, and by the way, at least one year in, that was a fantastic signing. I mean, absolutely. Freeman had a very, very good year last year with L.A. Yeah. And, you know, if we go back to 2015, when Zach, Zach Granke became a free agent, and he ended up going to the Diamondbacks because they were willing to give him six years. It wasn't the money. The Dodgers didn't get outbid on money. They got outbid on years. And the Dodgers will always, they, Bryce Harper, they got outbid on years, not money. You know, And that's, that's the way Andrew Friedman works because Andrew Friedman doesn't believe in paying guys to be in their late 30s. And with, with a few exceptions. Obviously, they signed Mookie to that big, long extension. They signed Freeman to a six-year deal that'll take him through whatever age 37, 38, something like that. Um, but but beyond that, they really don't. I don't think the Dodgers are ever going to say as long as Andrew Freeman's running the team. I think they're ever going to give somebody a 10-year contract. And you know, even Garrett Cole, the Dodgers, I think they were willing to go to eight years. Uh, it, it's that's how they work, and that's because they value the roster spots as much as the money, if anything, maybe uh -huh. even more. And so the Padres have made a huge splash this off season and, and it's exciting. It's really exciting for me as a Dodger fan that the Padres are trying to, to beat the Dodgers. Like there's going to come a time when the Dodgers, I mean, I know the Dodgers didn't win the division in 2021, but they won 106 games. You know, yeah, it's like, I mean... it's, it, it wasn't because they weren't good. You know, right. there's going to come a time are, though when there's outstanding, yeah, yeah, but there will come a time when there's clearly a better team in the National League West, and that could be the Padres soon. And I'm glad the Padres are trying, but the Padres are doing it very differently than how the Dodgers ever have under Andrew Friedman. 
You know, they just signed Manny Machado on Sunday to another extension. And so he's going to be with them into his 40s. Xander Bogart's going to be with them into his 40s. Uh, You know, Nelson Cruz is already in his 80s and he's with them. You know, but, but, you know, some of these long-term deals that they're playing for right now, which is, which is awesome. And for the, for Padres fans, that's awesome. The Dodgers, what they're trying to do is they're trying to build a team that will have a chance to win it all every year. And you don't do that by signing guys to 10-year contracts because the fact is six years from now, when the Padres are paying a ton of money to Machado and Bogarts and you know maybe even Tatis, who knows how Tatis is going to bounce back. Tatis will still be young six years from now. Um, But Machado and Bogarts are both going to be in their late 30s. And it's going to be like, well, you know, that – the way the Padres are building a team is why people talk about championship windows because you there's that ebb and flow of building a roster and the Dodgers, their goal is to avoid the ebbs and only have the flows. And the way to do that is by not going crazy, you know, but don't, I, ebbs and flows, that's water, right? Is that a water metaphor? Yeah, that's, so yeah, that's the, tides. So, Those are the tides. So you don't let too much water out of the dam at once, basically, you know, because right. then you won't have enough left to keep the flow going. The Dodgers' goal is we may not flow quite as heavily as other teams every year, but we're going to keep that flow going. Well, I think one thing they're also doing is they're putting a lot of bets on players from within their own organization to fill in some of those holes. And by the way, if you're going to make any bets – May I recommend FanDuel, our new partner here. We're midway through the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's free, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets, when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're here with Jeff Snyder. Of a locked a do, locked on Dodgers, man, I am stumbling over myself today. Um, my hair is a mess. I'm stumbling over the live reads, Jeff. Um, let's go over to some of the. Let's go over a little bit of their off season and some of the players they lost. Um, they lost Tyler Anderson, who had a good year last year. Um, he had he had. Uh, I think did, did he lead the league in their innings pitch? And they lead their team in innings pitch last year. I think they was either him or Urias. Yeah, they were they were very close. They were within a couple innings of each other. I think Anderson did lead the team though. Okay, well I know, but but um, and I know the big one is Trey Turner, who I have to admit I was surprised the Dodgers. I I know what you're saying, and they're and obviously Philadelphia paid a lot and gave him a lot of years, and I understand, you know everything that you said philosophically about uh, the Dodgers don't want to have players, you know, paying for players in their late forties. They want to constantly be having good players on their roster. I just thought I'm, I'm a big Trey Turner fan. I think that he was a good fit in LA. I know Philadelphia was, was pining for him like crazy. I was kind of surprised. They, 
he went away without that much of a fight from LA, at least, you know, on paper. Um, they brought in JD Martinez, uh, and Craig Kimbrell is gone. I think, you know, that's not, I don't think that's a huge loss, quite frankly. You know, he, it's the opposite of a loss, right? Exactly. So one of their gains was they let Craig Kimbrell go. Um, and Justin Turner joined the Red Sox, which I found to be interesting. Um, who are they? Who are they gambling on to fill in some of the some of the holes and and some of this? I know they brought in Peralta, came in, and you know Peralta is a capable major leaguer, and you know make sure you know he he fills in he'll fill in a hole. It won't be a he won't be a negative. But um, you know, is this going to be? Gavin Lux was fine last year. Uh, is this year that he breaks out? I mean, what what are some of the players we should be looking for on this Dodger team that may not be the big marquee players right now? Yeah, I, I think Gavin Lux broke out last year. If you look at his overall numbers, he was just fine. But mm-hmm. uh, he had a neck injury late in the season. Uh, through August 22nd, which was his last game before he missed some time with the neck injury, his his numbers were outstanding. He was batting like 297, had an OPS over 800. Like for a middle infielder, he was outstanding last year. And uh, and I think he's going to be a little bit better this year. He he worked hard. He went to driveline this offseason. He uh, he put in time in the weight room to get stronger. Uh, I think we're going to see a big season for Gavin Lux. But if you break down the, the guys they lost, really, there's six guys who the Dodgers lost this offseason who actually contributed positive value to the team last year. Mm-hmm. Two offensive players, two starting pitchers, and two relievers. You got the, the Turner brothers, Trey and Justin. You've got Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney. And then in the bullpen, you've got Tommy Canely and Chris Martin. Uh, start the, with, with the bullpen first because that's the easiest. Canely hardly pitched. He, he was hurt most of the year. When he did yep. pitch, he was very good. I was hoping to have him back. Not a huge loss, though, if you look at what he actually contributed to the team last year. Should be easy to, easy to pick up that slack. Chris Martin, kind of the same thing. He came over at the trade deadline. He was outstanding for the Dodgers but they only had him for two months. So that's right. the two relievers. You're replacing them with, you know, Daniel Hudson and uh-huh. Shelby Miller and, and whoever else they have, you know, they, they're going to be fine in the bullpen. Starting pitching wise, they lost Tyler Anderson. They lost Andrew Heaney. Anderson was excellent. Heaney was good at times. Also lost his spot in the rotation because he couldn't stop giving up home runs. Uh, so, you know, and those two guys are being replaced by Noah Syndergaard and Dustin May. And, you know, Dustin May was on the team, but he he was out with Tommy John surgery most of the year. So realistically, right. that's the replacements for those two guys. I don't think you have to squint very hard to picture Noah Syndergaard and Dustin May combining to be as good as Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney were last year. You know, you know by the way, I have to admit when I was setting up for this and I looked up Lux's numbers, I remember thinking to myself, I thought he did better than that last year. And that's so now and I and and, and you know. I have to. Yeah, I'm trying to follow 30 teams, and maybe I don't do it as closely as you do. But I have right now. It's impossible. Yeah. I have his splits from BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. And you know, he I mean, he batted 3.42 with an OPS of 8.65 in June, and his OPS in July was 9.49. And yeah. he had obviously when he had the and he also. I mean, he still hit for a. Uh, I mean. His overall numbers were fine, but if you look at what he did in August and September, based upon what he did in the middle of the year, there was a gigantic drop-off. And I'll tell you exactly why 
there was this sense of uh, me thinking, hmm, when I looked at his numbers, I said, like, I thought he had a better year than that because by the time we got to August and September, I wasn't combing over the Dodgers box Their scores. Season was they, had over. Already, yeah. they had already clinched the season, you know? Yeah. So it, that's why I was really, I have to admit, I was surprised when I looked like, wait a minute, I thought he had a better year than that. And you if know? you pull up his game logs and after the game yeah. on August 22nd, which happens to be my wedding anniversary, he was batting 297 with a 373 on base percentage, 439 slugging percentage. And that was even though he had no power last year, like he hardly hit any homers. Uh, right. And, but he he led the National League in triples. I, he was very, very good before the neck right. injury. That's so and, funny because so, I was I was like going, wow, that's weird. I thought he had a, I thought he did have his breakout, but yeah, but yeah, you're right. You know, I was not, you know, forgive me, uh late August through September, I wasn't going like, oh man, oh baby, he yeah. he better get the I'm big, a Dodger fan a and I had I had trouble paying attention at those those months, you know. Yeah. But, but so getting back to the cis guys they lost. We covered the four pitchers, then you got Justin and Trey Turner. Who's replacing those guys? It's J.D. Martinez is the direct replacement for Justin Turner. Turner was the Dodgers' primary DH last year. He was going to be mm-hmm. even more of a DH this year. And uh, and so J.D. Martinez is the replacement for Justin Turner. I expect J.D. Mart- Martinez to have at least as good a year as Turner had last year. J.D. had a, a down year by his standards last year. And so not, you know J.D. Martinez should about match that. So really it's Trey Turner, and his replacement is Miguel Vargas. That's the one guy from within the organization that they're really betting on. He's a, he's a prospect. He's a rookie. Yeah. Uh, but everybody agrees the dude can hit. You know, it's a, he is expected to be a very good major league hitter as soon as this season. And so offensive – and Trey Turner had a down year last year too by his standards. His OPS right. was barely over 800. And, and yeah, but so he still, he, he still is a, was a, he, I mean, I'm sorry, sure. I mean, you know, for, for his standards, but for most, you know, most people would salivate to have that type of production. For sure. Short yeah. Stuff. So, yeah. You know, um, but I, and I, I, think I don't think he's going to fit that. perfectly, 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 at least initially in Philadelphia. I think that's a phenomenal, the way their lineup is set up and the way that they, you know, they finished ahead of schedule. Uh, winning the pennant last year to add Turner to that lineup. I just think that's a, I, I thought that was a you know, dynamite move for the, you know, for the Dombrowski mentality, which is, I don't care what prospects we give up. I don't care how many years we have to put on. We're trying to win. We're trying to take care of world series business right now. And that's, you know, that's his mindset. That's his and. And so, you know, putting Turner in with this team, I think was, was, was terrific, but you made a great point that what the Dodgers are really trying to do now is to have the middle of their infield be Lux and Vargas, have that be the, the up the middle of their infield for the next generation. And, yeah. you know, if Lux can, you know, avoid a bad final month and a half of the season like he had last year, and Vargas, who is, you know, I mean, he's, he's not the odds on favorite to win the rookie of the year. Uh, what's his doodle from Arizona probably is. But he's been on a lot of people's short lists and he yeah. could be someone who could, you know, you know, you know, contribute and give the the give them that boost they need. And this is not a lead into a built bar read. <laughs> yeah. And so he is I, Vargas is the only obvious step back of those six guys they lost. You know, I, I think Vargas will be not as big of a step back from Trey Turner as maybe some people think, but he's going to be a step back. But then mm-hmm. you've got. 
whoever replaces Cody Bellinger in center field is going to have a better year than Cody Bellinger had last year. Max Muncy is likely to have a better year than Max Muncy had last year. Chris Taylor is likely to have a better year than Chris Taylor had last year. And so realistically, no, the Dodgers aren't going to win 111 games again this year, but that's only because it's impossible to repeat. No team has ever won 111 games of back-to-back seasons, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if this team wins 103 games this year because it, they're still, you know, people oh, yeah. look at what they didn't do this offseason and they forget they've still got Mookie Betts. They've still got Freddie Freeman. They still got Will Smith. They've got Gavin Lux. They, you know, the guys they did bring in and, you know, they've still got Julio and Clayton Kershaw and, you know, Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin and Noah Syndergaard. That's potentially. It, it, it they're going to need a six starter once in a while because of injury and fatigue. But when those guys are on the mound, chances are they're going to be really good. And I got to make this very clear. I was singing the praises for the Padres, both on this Monday show and at the beginning of this show, before everyone's every Dodger fan starts throwing tomatoes at me. I think the Dodgers are a wonderful team and it would not stun me if they won a hundred games. It would not stun me if they win the world series this year. It would, I mean, they, they, you know, when you think about the teams with legit shots at the World Series in the National League, um, you have the Mets and Braves, you've got San Diego, you've got uh, Los Angeles, and you give credit where credit is due to the defending champs, the Padres, and St. Louis has a lot of talent on their team, and they're, you know, you know they're going to be in the mix, but I think the four Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles, and San Diego, I think the four most realistic teams in the National League, sorry, Philadelphia, uh, I, I think the Phillies are going to be good, uh, but I think all four teams I just mentioned there are mid-90 to 100 win teams. And yeah. I and and which by definition means you're an elite team. And I think Los Angeles has as good a shot as any to go back to the World Series this year. Yeah, and... When you look at, like we talked about, three of the last four years, the National League representative in the World Series wasn't a, a really good team. It wasn't a team that played well in the regular season. You know, did any of them even get the ninety wins? I don't remember how many wins the Nationals had. Yeah, in I think they got. I think they got like ninety-one or ninety-two. So I think they and, were the they were the yeah, outlier. And and so you know anything can happen in the postseason. And that's why the Dodgers model continues to be put together a team that's going to get to the postseason and then hope that some of those hard hit balls with runners in scoring position, instead of landing in Manny Machado's glove, they land on the grass somewhere. We're here with Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers. You know what? I was thinking about another National League team that had a wonderful run in between the, the you know, throughout the 2000s and 2010s were St. Louis. And St. Louis won two World Series in that run. And they were by far, their two worst playoff teams were the 2006 team, which barely had a winning season and happened to catch the Padres with their pants down and happened to get a called third strike on Carlos Beltran at an opportune time and happened to get the Tigers where they forgot to do pitcher infield practice and that 2016 was really weird. Uh, and then you have had the 2011 team, which should not even have been in the playoffs because the only reason they made it was because the Braves did a completely startling belly flop. And then the Phillies, the most stacked Phillies team I've ever seen in my life, 
we're shut out. The squirrel runs across. And then, you know, Nelson Cruz forgets how to leap. And next thing you know, they have another World Series title. If you look at the team that was the, the 2014 that got swept by Boston, the 2005 team that got beat by Houston, I forgot they lost because all anyone remembers is the Pujols home run. And the 2009 team who lost to L.A., but had great years from Carpenter and Wainwright, those three teams just off the top of my head. And and the 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 2013 team who lost to Boston, who were the best team probably in baseball that year. Those four teams were so much better than the 06 and the 11 team. Only if you are a Cardinal fan, 06 and 11, you hold close to your heart. I'm wondering if yeah. Dodgers need to find their inner 06 Cardinals and have a team that that stumbles into the postseason and wins it all, a la the Braves in, in 20, uh, 2021. Well, and even when you look just in Dodgers history, obviously in 2020, the Dodgers were the best team in baseball in the regular season, all throughout the mm-hmm. postseason. You know, other than the, the scare they gave us in the NLCS, it was almost like it was destined to w- happen. Uh, but right. the 88 Dodgers that won the World Series, they were a – Decent team, but nowhere near as good as the Mets or the A's, who they beat oh. in the in the in the postseason. In '81, yeah. the Dodgers, you know, uh, they only even got into the postseason because of the weird strike rules. Uh, yeah, the did, Reds yeah. had the, the Reds had the most wins in baseball, but were not yeah. allowed to play in the postseason because of the strike rules. Yeah, and, and and just like all, just like the Braves and the and the Nationals and every their World Series wins count. You know, yeah. the 2006 Cardinals, it counts because, you know, the World Series, the, the MLB postseason hasn't been about crowning the best team in a long, long time. It's about winning a tournament. And, and, <laughs> and go ahead. No, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons why I'm in favor of shortening the season, because part of when you had a fluke everywhere, you had back to back flukes in 87 and 88. You had a Twins team that upset the Tigers and an absolutely injury-riddled Cardinal team. Then you had the 88 Dodgers who bizarrely beat a Mets team that looked like they were about to sweep them because they won the two Hershiser starts, you know, and the, the bullpen blew those games. And social homers, and actually, you know, Hershiser comes out of the pen and how they beat the A's, still nobody knows. Um, but... The reason why when you have a big-time Flucarino like the Twins and the Dodgers, or, you know, I'll even go a year before, uh, two years before that with the Royals, who were not the best team in that year's postseason against Toronto or St. Louis, um, you deal with that because it's a 162-game gauntlet and you only X number of teams are allowed in. So you say, okay, you know, the the randomness of postseason baseball – uh, is justified because it's such a gauntlet and, you know, it's an exclusive number of teams that are allowed in. When we've expanded the postseason, and I'm, I have no problem with expanding the postseason. You know, I'm no, I have no problem with the tournament. But then I think we got to cut back the number of games you play. Because, first of all, I don't want baseball creeping into November. That's ridiculous. But also I think, you know, if you're going to have a little more of the randomness and more people involved in the randomness, then you can't have the, the juggernaut. You can't have the gauntlet be as long. And I also think you'll have fewer people showing up to the postseason with beleaguered arms and, you know, bullpens that are gassed and exhausted. 
I would be all for having a 140-game season. I, I understand your points, and I don't even necessarily rebut them other than to say I'm never in favor of less baseball. You know, I want baseball I, creeping into December, you know? Like, play, just stop putting it in places where it's cold and snowy. But, you know, like, I, I just I, – I don't know. I, I have a hard time ever getting on board with a solution that involves less baseball. I get, trust me, you're talking, I'm, I'm the one who's thinking about, you know, the Angels infield during the Super Bowl, okay? I mean, I, you don't have to tell that to me. I'm just saying, if if we're going to adjust. What's what's the this Super Bowl you speak of? What's I that? know, it's, 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 a, it's a little flag football game they play every once in a while that Rihanna shows. Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about the Cocoa Puffs I had last night. Oh, that man, was a Super Bowl. That was a Super Bowl. Um, you know, by the way, I have up here, just like I have some of the Dodgers. Full disclosure, I have a screen up here. Right? If, if we did turn it around, my workspace looks like the movie Minority Report. And I have kind of like moving from, from screen to screen here. Um, and naked people in a tub it, with tubes connected you know, to them? Yeah, the Padres <laughs> won't win the division. Ain't that right. Dustin May's career is so weird because the year he made the most starts for the Dodgers was the COVID year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. He came up, that, he came up in 2019 and kind of got starts here and there. And then 2021, he went down five starts into the season with his elbow injury and then just made six starts last year to, you yeah. know, kick things off. But yeah, the COVID year was the only year that he's been a healthy major leaguer the whole season. Yeah. And it was a 60 game season. You yeah. know, I just, I, I kind of looked at that. I did a double take because I remember uh, he, he had a cup of coffee in 2019 and they actually put him on the playoff roster. I remember that he actually made a postseason appearance against the Nationals because I remember he had the, the, he, the, the shock of the red hair coming out. Um, but, uh, you know, he's going to be 25 this year. And yeah. this is kind of uh, the moment. This is one of those years where, like, okay. We've been hearing about you being an ace for a while. And yes, he's had injuries, and that's not his fault. But now, you know, he's basically had time to rest his arm. He's based, you know, he's pitched only, you know, less than a dozen games in the last two years. So now should be the time where we get to see Dustin May, you know, let's see if he is who he was advertised. And you know, when you, you made the great point that, you know, a, a a turnaround season from some of the players who may have had, you know, Muncie had a down year last year. So if he has a better year, that's like making a trade. And if Dustin May and if um, Lux, if May and Lux, Lux doesn't have the bad final month and a half and May can actually pitch a full season, that's like making two trades right there. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It, it's what the Dodgers did this offseason. They weren't being cheap. They weren't, you know, they were looking at what holes do we need to fill and what holes do we need to go outside the organization to fill. And, and you know, th one of the starting pitchers they lost, they have Dustin May. Like, right. if you bring in another starting pitcher besides what they brought in with Syndergaard, it's like, okay, well, who are we bumping out of the rotation at this point? And they have top prospects who are pitchers who can fill in when inevitably Clayton Kershaw needs a month off or, or whoever, you know, but what the Dodgers did was fill holes in ways that maybe wasn't some fans ideal for them to do, but free agency is not the only way to build a team. And most yeah. of the time it's not even the best way to build a team. 
because I, you end up paying for you pay the same money for the best free agent available, regardless of whether it's Juan Soto or Trey Turner or some years. Andrew it's, Benintendi. It's <laughs> Andrew Benintendi or, uh, you know, uh, who's that pitcher that the Yankees signed about 15 years ago? Uh, uh, Carl Pavano. Like, oh, yeah. Carl Pavano got big money because he was one of the best pitchers available on the free agent market. He was still Carl Pavano, you know, like, right. and so yeah, what the Dodger, there's no point in having a great farm system like the Dodgers do every year. If you're not going to use that sometimes either to bring yeah. up players or to make trades. And right. so free agency is one way to build a team. And the Dodgers have been really good. Even the guys we talk about, Andrew Heaney and, and Tyler Anderson, they both signed for pennies last year as low low name low impact free agency moves and now they're the guys we're talking about oh how we're going to replace those guys well probably with the same kind of moves this year that we're underwhelmed by we were talking on the episode that dropped on monday with millard thomas about this exact thing that especially when you're seeing more and more of the stars coming off of the board there isn't going to be a machado there isn't going to be a devers who's starting to see you know the you know otani is obviously going to be the big fish on the free agent board but that's going to be the that's going to be the outlier what usually what will be now that teams are realizing that it's smarter to lock your star players up for the long term uh you know maybe buy out some of their uh arbitration years and get the majority of their uh prime is that you're going to be finding free agency is the best way to be like tile grout like we need to fill in, you know, a David Peralta here, a Syndergaard there will, you know, will fill in some holes, but you're not trying to rebuild your team through free agency, which is, it would be borderline impossible, especially when you consider the, as I said, the types of foundational franchise players are going to be so seldom available. That's what made Harper such a fluke. That's what made Machado such a fluke a few years ago. That that's probably not going to happen most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I hope when you talked to Millard, you remembered Corbin Carroll's name instead of just calling him what's his bucket like you did to me. Yes, yes. So, well, he yeah. reminded me of that. I mean, he was the one to say it. So, I but yeah, free, free agency. <laughs> oh wow, you man, you really are almost fifty-one. I know, uh, I know. Yeah, free agency is, is awesome to do some things, you know, and sometimes there's big moves to be made. But yeah, mm-hmm. for the Dodgers at least, most of the time it's going to be filling in holes through free agents. And who knows, maybe they do go after Shohei Otani and they break the bank last year. I don't think, you know, I, I don't believe Shohei Otani is going to get $500 million. Uh, definitely not the $600 million that John Heyman threw around the other day. No, um, but if he does get $500 million, it's not going to be from the Dodgers because $500 million. It's going to be from the Mets. Million, $500 million is $40 million, 40 million a year for 13 years or something, you know? And that's not a deal so, the Dodgers are going to do. That could be a deal that Steve Cohen does, but uh, it, it's not a deal the Dodgers are going to do. Well, I'll tell you a deal the Dodgers should do is to get Jeff Snyder on the payroll because this man knows his Dodgers. And do you know what? While they didn't make the big, splashy, gigantic moves that some people probably thought they were going to, they made smart moves, and I think one thing we can all go to FanDuel right now and throw a couple of bucks down. Hey, did I did I do the FanDuel graph? There it is. Um, Dodgers going to be in it. The Dodgers are when you know when the the calendar pages turn to late September, early October. Dodgers going to be right in the mix, whether they're the division winner or not. There's going to be October baseball played in. Chavez Ravine. By the way, just reminding you that Locked on Fantasy Baseball should be a third listen 
Matt and Dom do a great job. They big, give you the best advice to have your best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Jeff Snyder's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's his team every day, and that's the Dodgers. Tell people where they can listen to your show. Yeah, you guys know how to get a podcast. It's called Locked on Dodgers. Type it into your phone and you'll find it. Subscribe to it. Check it out. It's also on YouTube if you want to watch it there. See this beautiful face along with the beautiful face of my co-host, Vince Samperio. And, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, and I'm over on Twitter at Snydog. And Sully, perhaps 2023 will be the year that you and I actually meet each other in person. For That'd you living awesome. down the street from Dodger Stadium and me there all the time, it's crazy that we've known each other for years and have never met. And by the way, I am going on uh, the first Tuesday of the season. I bought my first tickets. I That's like the fifth them. game? Yeah, it's the fourth or fifth game of the year. Okay. So um, and I'm going to go there. I wanted to see if I get opening day. Last year, I went to Jackie Robinson Day, um, uh, which I was glad they were able to pull off because remember, there was the whole uh, lockout. And at one point, are we yep. going to have Jackie Robinson Day? And uh, the then 99-year-old Rachel Robinson was there to came out in the golf cart, and I, I, I won't. I'm man enough to admit I, I had some tears in my eyes when I saw that she was there. It gave a, gave a real connection to Jackie Robinson Day, and it, it's crazy great, great that night. Jackie's been gone for 50 years, and Rachel is thankfully still with still us. Like she's 100 now, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, you with Vin Scully passing away last year, and. You know, Tommy Lasorda the year before that. And, you know, the uh, it's just things. Time keeps on ticking, you know. And uh, it's uh, well, I, I was trying to get you to sing a song from the 70s. Well, you know? I don't want to get I don't want to get an ass cap <laughs> trouble here. We don't have the right to do it. But uh, I'm always just throwing gonna... out lyrics from old songs that your listeners won't recognize just to see if I, I can know. make you sing. Thank you. And this is also going to be the year where they're going to finally retire Fernando Valenzuela's number, uh, even though it's been like unofficially retired for so long. Nobody's um, worn it since 1990, the last time he did, and they're finally yeah, retired so, it. So. All right, let's let's go through it. The guy meant so much for the team and so much for the organization, and it still, still is one of the most. It still is one of the most popular jerseys you ever yeah. see in, in Dodger Stadium, all around there. Probably, probably, and, and at, you know, along with Kershaw and Betts. Uh, Fernando's jersey is probably worn by more people there than anything. Probably. And he's still a Dodgers broadcaster on the Spanish language side. So he still has that connection to the, to the Spanish speaking community of LA, which you know is very large. And, yep. uh, he, he is a legend and it's crazy that it didn't happen before, but I'm glad it's happened in this year. But, you know, better late than never, better late than never. Yep. And it'll be better late than never when you and I go to our first Dodger game together and we will do a locked on Dodgers Locked on MLB crossover at one point from Chavez Ravine. But until then, uh, you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow me at my personal account that's right there in my lower third. It's at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about the 2023 Dodgers and why things are looking good for those who bleed blue. He's Jeff Snyder of Locked on Dodgers. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, please, I'm begging you, call me Sully.